Welcome back to Poetry, Prose, and Politics with me, the political poet, Jumia Zarzuela. And in this episode today, we will be bringing on a beloved friend and village member to explore how what we believe either individually or collectively influences social norms, cultures, and policies, especially in motherhood as it personally pertains to my life and how I'm navigating the world today. Chelsea Lawyer is a wife and a mother of four who is the director and founder of Being the Village. Being the Village is a support group for Black mothers. And you've probably heard the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. And at its core, this famous quote explains the necessity of community. Being the village agrees with that phrase while also recognizing that community doesn't just start when a child is born. Rather, we as adults also thrive when surrounded by healthy relationships and interactions. So without further ado, here is I Am More Than a Mother featuring Chelsea Lawyer. With COVID putting a damper on connecting and networking, I had to find a new way to business card. That's why I went with Link. My Link card allows me to share my podcasts, social media, websites, or whatever else about me while still keeping it safe and social distancing. The card's NFC capability allows me to share all of that in just a tap of the phone. And the QR code on the back lands people to a custom page that I've modified for Black Lives Matter or COVID updates. In fact, you can listen to this very episode up on there now. So say goodbye to handing out your old business cards and say hello to Link. And because you're a part of the Speak Free fam, enjoy a 15% off discount by using Poetry Pros at checkout. That's visiting linkapp.com and typing in Poetry Pros. That's L-I-N-Q-A-P-P dot C-O-M and typing in P-O-E-R-T-Y-P-R-O-S-E when you get like me and grab yourself a new way to business card. I don't know why uh social media doesn't want to show the real part of pregnancy girl they're like oh it's a glow and i'm smiling and i'm in love with the pregnancy the entire time but then let them elbow you good real quick and that happened yesterday like i had to stop man i called maya at 9 30 (laughs) really because my stomach was rock hard Mm. And I was concerned that I was going to have to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ow, I'm in pain. This cannot be a Braxton Hicks. Something must be wrong because I am only 20 weeks pregnant. Yeah. No, no. Oh, and I was dehydrated. So, and then I called my doula van. Mm-hmm. And van was just like, you're fine. Or like, you're fine. You're probably dehydrated. Uteruses are finicky. Uteri? No, uteruses is the right word. <laughs> Your uterus. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a finicky thing, and I should have known it. I've known it since I was 13 when I first got my period on my birthday. But it is what it is. Let's just start with the fact that we have kids. We both have kids. You have more than one 
child that that is out of your womb. Yes. And I only have one and I don't know what to do. <laughs> We we just take it day by day. Um, it's and also, it's hard. As I always say, I don't know anybody better, probably my mama, mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk about it. To talk about how motherhood has been engulfing my life, and how marriage even like has warped my identity. Mm-hmm. And somehow you've made it blend beautifully for you where you still get to be a whole person by yourself <laughs> with your kids. <laughs> you get to be a whole career woman with your kids. And I just think that that's for, I my mom did it. I, I saw her do it with her child care. Mm-hmm. But like seeing what being the village does and how how I can bring my children with me in my support and and rope them in in support it feels good because <laughs> sometimes I'm just like oh my gosh yeah we need to just have a come to Jesus moment but nevertheless um, for this series I wanted to talk about um, I wanted to talk about how affirmations how what it is that I affirm in myself what it is that I tell myself what it is that you affirm in me what it is that you tell me and what other people tell me and how how that can create a yeah affirm affirm your reality that you want to create and then collectively what it is that people talk um say in, in regards to a group of people what what people think about mothers in in totality also can affirm a lie but thank thank the lord being the village your your nonprofit helps affirm a lot of truths for me that i've been wanting to believe but just you know having that struggle with Mm-hmm. So, anyway, there's this uh, saying, and I've said it a thousand times, by Lo Su, who's a Chinese philosopher. Uh, his name means um, old master. But it's, watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Oh, watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character and watch your character because they become your destiny. So with that, I'm really curious what what was your did you always see yourself being a mother? Because I feel like one of the the craziest things for for all girls especially in America is that we we get domesticated real quick we get a real baby oven. yeah we get, a, we get a baby doll baby doll with the, with the bottle that has the magic inside that it makes it look like it's actually drinking it daddy has a pretend marriage we have marriage ceremonies that we rope either yes. our cousin in or our daddy in or our brother in and it's right in there <laughs> like we get domesticated and washed up and yeah. Yeah. Ready, really, really fast. 
Yes, we get we get domesticated real fast. I was actually just talking to Maya about this not too long ago. Um, that as women, females, it's not common to see people pour into or encourage you to find who you want to be. It's always who you can be connected to, aka marriage. Um, mm-hmm. And then right after marriage, it's the kids. And then there's never really that encouragement of you exploring who you are. And and um, I think especially for, well, Maya and I were having this conversation from the perspective of uh, women who grew up in the church. And so, you know, you grew up in church and that's what you see. Um, there are not really any single women. And especially when there are, if you're of a certain age, <laughs> there's question marks and raised eyebrows. Um, and then it's always the, the classes of teaching you how to be a lady. Um, but there's hardly- Etiquette classes. <laughs> yes, those etiquette classes. Um, but there That teaches you that. how to serve your husband. Yes. It teaches you how to serve your husband, which of course there's there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. But I just think about my personal um, life, and I'm like, I my my daughter was just talking about wanting her own room the other day, and I'm like, I'm gonna make sure that sometime during your childhood before you leave this house, <laughs> you have your own room, because that's not something I experienced. I had to share a room with my sister. Uh, when we grew up and then I went to college and shared a room with my best friend I had a room to myself for a few months and then I got married and I will never have a room (laughs) my own room again you know what I mean and there's my gosh that sounds like me (laughs) it's like there's these things that I experienced um, that especially having a daughter I want to make sure that she can learn from my perspective and be able to explore those things and like be a young adult who converts a van and goes explore the world or something like Mm -hmm. marriage is not even even now though they the media that they intake is people who are married and 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 all that stuff and I'm like let's just you are seven (laughs) like let's just take a break you can have friends it's okay to have people that you enjoy being around but you don't have to be thinking about marriage right now what do you want to be what do you want to do like, what are your what are your dreams and goals before you get there? And I think that's the the thing that's often missing is there's no in between of being a teenager or being a child and being married. There's no room for just you. It's like you're too young to get married and then you are married. <laughs> and then you're trying to find yourself being a wife and being a mother and you have to then make room for you um, because it wasn't something that was afforded to you before you added on all these additional roles and so uh, in talking to her about that we were just just basically discussing what what this conversation that you're wanting to have is about in general anyway of how easy it is to just get lost <laughs> hi July <laughs> How easy it is to get lost um, but we also have to consider the fact that we were never really given the opportunity to be found like we just had to go with the flow essentially and so now being moms and being wives we have to carve out that time to find ourselves mm-hmm. 
Um, and that can be a lot more difficult <laughs> than if we were just single, you know, doing yeah. it before all of the additional responsibilities. And I, I, I don't know what you asked me, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, that was it. You hit, you hit a point before I could even ask because I think that um, I personally, also growing up in the church and then being removed outside of the church because sometimes church and family church isn't always good. Like the the institution itself is is good. Yeah. The idea God is good. Of it can be God good. is good, but man, but humans, yeah. humans have egos, yeah. and and humans do wrong, and mm-hmm. so. Anyways, with that being said, growing up in the church, growing up, literally being like the daughter of, well, granddaughter of pastors, everybody's an elder or a deacon or something. You was a PK? You was a PK? (laughs) I wasn't a PK, but I was definitely groomed to be the daughter of of a preacher. And then that almost, I mean, the daughter of a preacher, the wife, the wife of, a, of a preacher, that almost happened. And then I said, no, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> and I've digressed, but I think that it's so interesting how that was what was affirmed and instilled in me is that this is the, this is the path before I even got to choose what path I wanted. Yeah. And I, and I think I get to say that with a lot of privilege because some people don't really have a choice and my mom made sure that she gave me a choice Mm -hmm. and I got to experience a lot of different things. Um, And I got to mess up a lot. Mm -hmm. And I want to afford my children the same gift that my mom gave me, which was to mess up and not be perfect Mm -hmm. and go the wrong way. And I don't have daughters yet, or maybe I won't. Maybe I won't give birth to a girl, but I do, with having sons, I do want to show them um, that there are certain expectations that I even have of them as boys, that I, those are things that I don't want instilled in them. And then there are some expectations that, um, that for women, I hope to help them be advocates. Yes, baby, go, go. I hope to ensure that they're advocates for their spouses, the women in their community, um, and the women that they they interact with on a day-to-day basis. But, so being the village, how did that come about? Because like, quite literally, you are not from here and you brought your whole village. <laughs> You're not from Tacoma, but you brought a village and you created a village. Mm. And yeah. I think that is beautiful because not being from here, I still feel like I'm home. Mm. I love that. Well, it it started, so this group started in 2019. Um, at the time, my mentor, her name is Leah Johnson, um she had a mom baby support group and um she had like encouraged me to take these different trainings and um 
just different classes and courses and things that were free to me and some of them you get paid to take and at the time I was a stay-at-home mom and so anything for extra money <laughs> sure <laughs> um but at the time I did not realize that she was literally um molding me to be able to do what I do right now um, I saw it as an opportunity for, like I said, extra income, um, learning things that were interesting, but I never would have seen it put me in positions that I'm in now. And that was something that she saw well before then. So in 2019, she had a mom baby support group. Um, but then shortly after that, she retired. And all that time, she was, I guess, molding me to be able to, to for her to pass the mantle onto me in a sense. Um, and so the opportunity opened up for another support group to begin. And that's when she connected me with um, the Urban League. And I think at the time we also were contracted with the health department, um, but that's how it started logistically. Um, the group, I guess, personally was something that I wanted to take on because like you said, I'm not from here, I am from Arkansas. Um, I was about to say born and raised, but that ain't true. Raised for sure though. <laughs> um, I moved here, uh, I think 2013, 12, something like that. Um, my plan was only to live here for a year, but then I met who is now my husband and I've been stuck here ever since. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but to live here, um, and then like we were just talking about to be married and then shortly after have kids and then shortly after that kid have another kid and another kid um and he's from here so he has family and his family is great um but at the same time i would take the kids out to like the park or or play to learn at the library and we were the only family of color that was ever there and so for me it went a little bit deeper because here in Washington, I will say there are ample opportunities for families, for moms to find some sort of connection. The thing that was lacking for me was connection with people who looked like me, who had kids who resembled my kids. Um, and so that was really what, what sparked the interest in actually accepting the opportunity to start the group is because then I had the, the chance to do what I wanted to see. <laughs> I, I wanted to be able to go to the park and see this group of little black kids just running around and their moms are sitting at a table, you know, just conversing. Um, and, and that's one of the things that's really important to me with this group when we do have outings is the visibility of it. Like we're, we're just being moms who are finding friends, but there's a black mom who's at the park by herself and has only ever seen all of the other Caucasian families. And she gets to see this group of black women and she's like, wait, we've literally had- We're out here? Before, right. We went to, um, we went to somewhere Oh, Kids Caboodle. There's this there's this kids thrift store called Kids Caboodle and they have like a quarter sale. And one day we all agreed to go to the quarter sale and we met like super early in the parking lot and we were like the first people in line. And the people behind us um, were two black women. And she was like, I gotta ask, are you guys friends? Is this a group? What What is it? And we're like, it's both. This is a group of women who became friends and you're welcome to join us. Here's the flyer. <laughs> so it's, it's great having opportunities like that um, where people who were looking for what I was looking for have a place to kind of 
you know, anchor, I guess. Um, where, like you said, you can you can feel like you have a piece of home, even though you might be displaced or somewhere where you don't know anybody. There's a community of people, because there's a community of people who understand. Um, I think motherhood is is difficult in general, but there's definitely a a uniqueness to the experience of Black moms. And so to be able to share that with people who get it, where you don't have to over explain or under explain, you know, you don't have to do the facade of I'm good and not really be good. You can come with all of the things that we have to carry and you don't have to carry it by yourself. And so that's, that's really how it kind of evolved into what it is now. I do feel like that's really true because being from the South and then moving to Washington mm-hmm. wasn't even hard for me because it gets dark at <laughs> two o'clock <laughs> in right. September. Right. It was it was really hard for me because even though in the South I know that there are people that don't like me and they make it very clear that they don't like me. Right. I know that I also have a community of people around me um and then also to the the passive aggressiveness with um with that as well um nevertheless it's really hard to be the one black person in Mount Rainier like I remember my husband and I went to Oregon Mm -hmm. we went to Portland to some mountain and the lady like told him oh I'm so happy to see that there's more people here and then he turned around and he was like there's not like it's a beautiful place yeah people don't visit and he was like and she said oh no I mean like you know um Negroes and then I guess she just did she was an older lady so yeah she did say Negroes um and he was just like I've never heard that word from a white person I've only heard that word from like he's only heard the word negro from like my family yeah and um, that's usually so, when we're joking like that's not even yeah <laughs> yeah with him being like as Dominican as he is he's like so people actually say negro and I was just like no, <laughs> no people don't actually say negro it normally is just us yeah. um joking and nevertheless it, it's really hard to I was I went to the pumpkin patch the first year that I was here. The first mm-hmm. Yeah, the first year that I was here and I felt really looked at. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. Yeah. And it feels even the last time we went, when we went to the pumpkin patch having yeah. having the comments that you're so cute. <laughs> you're so you're so cute. And, and so even like the comments that we had um asking if we were all family members right because a group of black people that yeah. that don't look nothing alike must at be all members because they're all coming together at once. who as a family is like let's go to the pumpkin patch like all the, all the young all the young cousins are coming to the pumpkin patch right like I'm cool with my cousins, but I don't hang out yeah. with them much. I don't know if that's just me. See, it's a mess. It's, it's a, a mess. <laughs> and so, passive aggressive. Um, <laughs> and so, what's that said? Stop, baby. No more. 
all done all done and even being able to get the the um affirmation that I'm doing stuff right mm-hmm. the reaffirming that I'm not wrong in in how I'm parenting the reaffirming that I it's okay for me to not be happy during pregnancy and I do not need to take hydroxyzine and and I don't need to be put on Xanax and I don't need to be because this is just completely normal and I would rather just feel human emotions yeah I promise you that I'm not depressed right it's just or maybe maybe I am or or it and if I am, I have a true outlet that's not going to be looking at my blackness first Yeah. to treat me mm-hmm. um, because there's not enough black women in, in healthcare and in postpartum healthcare and in prenatal healthcare um, and, and mental behavior. So to me, it just, being the village has definitely allowed me to not just get the my mama's teaching stuff, my grandmama's teaching, it has also allowed me to get um, the other, the clinical aspects of it. What textbooks say, and them textbooks, they just, in te- them textbooks, and I don't have to explain the rest of it. <laughs> so that also feels good. Um, and basically what you said, you get to be a mother, and that's, what I think is so cool about it is that you get to just be who you are already yeah and get paid <laughs> you get to just show, <laughs> which I, I love that for you I love when black women get to just show up and get no I'm just joking because you work you work really hard you really do you work really hard and you like even with the retreat you worked so hard um can you talk about the theme of the retreat that we had recently yeah so the theme of the retreat this year is actually the name of the retreat in general I don't know why it wasn't the theme the first year that we did it but the name of the retreat is the more than the mom more than a mom retreat and that was also our theme this year and the the name of the retreat came about uh because of conversations like this where you're just tired you're you're pouring into everyone else and you don't really have um some oftentimes we don't really have something that's pouring back into us or or the time and space to pour back into ourselves and the more than a mom retreat um is something that i i had been wanting to do since the beginning of this group and it was very funny because we used to joke about it during group of like we just need a weekend away to sleep <laughs> like we just need a weekend where that's all that we that's the only thing on the agenda is to just sleep and um one day we were talking about it and my boss was actually on that session and she was like let's have a conversation and so we talked to her about it we did all the actual planning and things and that's how it came to be a real thing um but the idea behind it was always just providing space to take the mom hat off um just for a weekend to be able to to take the mom hat off and remember who you were before the kids um not everyone is married so it's it's also nice to have that acknowledgement of like you can be tired and be a mom and a spouse and you can also be equally as tired if not more so being 
a mom. <laughs> like, um, and so having that opportunity to just take my hat off um, and, and pour into you as a woman, um, remember who you were before the kids, hang out with other adults, women, again, who look like you look, and you're just able to, to, to have the opportunity of rest. Like, I, I think that's one reason why, um, at least the first year, why we kept it in Tacoma, because I know a, a few moms who, if it were to be out of town, they were not gonna come. <laughs> they were not gonna come, because mom guilt, for sure, is, is very hard on us. Um, so to have the opportunity for a weekend, even even though it's free to come, you still have that voice in the back of your head, like, oh, but my kids, and I don't, I can't, I mean, I know I'm tired, but also, we always make excuses. Um, yeah, there are tons of moms that actually still had to be a mom that weekend. Yeah. And that's one thing too, like when we told them it's no kids allowed, like not even lap infants, leave your child at home. <laughs> and if you can't leave them at home, that's what the day session is for. We understand. But also this is supposed to be a time for you. Um, the first year that we had it, Stacy, you know Stacy she was she was on the fence about it for a while um because at the time jace was i'm not sure if he was one yet he was close to one though but they had never been apart for that long i don't think and so she was considering bringing him and i had to tell her i'm like ain't no kids no kids not even the small kids no kids and so she was considering not coming um because the mom guilt it just it's overwhelming sometimes um but i was able to convince her to come and she really enjoyed herself. And I was I was very happy because I'm like, I don't wanna press and have you come and you'd be just sad the whole time. But she came in and thoroughly enjoyed herself. And and that's really what it's all about, is just taking that time out for us. We don't we don't get that often. Um, well, I won't speak for everyone. Some people do, but I know for me personally, you have to make time to make the time for yourself. And so to have that weekend where we get to just have fun. And one of the things that was really important to me is with retreats or conferences and things like that, usually they have your schedule full. Like you come, you check in, and it's just meetings, meetings, webinar, like lecture, meeting, 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 lunch, lecture, lecture, lecture. Um, I wanted to make sure that we had fun experiences, but also that afternoon time where you can do whatever you want. You can go take a nap, you can go get your nails done. You can go secretly check on the kids. I won't judge you, but <laughs> but you can do whatever you want because the weekend is free. It's free for you. You've already scheduled your babysitter. So whatever you want to do, you have the time to do it now. Um, and that's really what the retreat is all about. Just, just creating that moment in time for us to be able to recharge. I think that, and I had to really ask myself, what did more than a mom mean? because like a lot of my first pregnancy I embraced motherhood and being like I I was wanting to do all of the mom things I wanted to I was reading all the books mm -hmm. trying to figure out wife life I was trying to figure out all of that um, yeah. because I had a baby real quick um and where I got pregnant too, really quick <laughs> and so <laughs> But this time, I was very intentional about not losing myself. Yeah. And, like, I have been extremely 
intentional about still being Jamia because the first COVID was really hard um, in the first um, couple of months I had with him my husband he had to go to basic Mm -hmm. and then after that we moved to Washington we were stationed somewhere else and I didn't have anyone to help me what's from oh it has to go to the charger and so being a I it was it happened really fast where it was I was Jamia one day I am always washing somebody else's clothes I am always washing somebody's bottles I am changing diapers all day Mm -hmm. and I wanted to I was still in school trying to get my BA so it was really interesting how life just shifted and I was just supposed to shift and it was just supposed to be easy and it kind of was because they trained me right (laughs) (laughs) they trained me to to be able to cook smothered chicken and mac and cheese and baked beans and collard greens and then wash clothes and eat and that's all that was all I was yeah that it felt like that's all I was it didn't matter that I also worked it didn't matter that I also had ambitions it didn't matter that I also that I was a cool person by myself yeah like it, it, and that was really hard and then going through postpartum was really hard um, with a husband that had no idea what was going on with me <laughs> and then a, and an infant that all I knew um, was, was someone that needed me yeah. and it's really interesting to see even family members I, how I have to tell them that their ideology of who I'm supposed to be and what I am is is not true. Like I remember my mom who my mom who literally is the person that allows me to mess up and is this like just a great person. She told me, she said, um, when you have a baby you'll never be able to travel. The first thing I did was I went out of the country. Yes. <laughs> the first thing that I did was we went to we went out of the country because mm-hmm. I was just like, no, I don't want that to be true. Yeah. I want to be able to travel out of the country while it's still free. Yeah. <laughs> with the with an extra person. Yeah. I want that. Um or that I wouldn't be able to finish my degree. I had mm-hmm. people tell me I wasn't gonna be able to finish my degree. Mm-hmm. Well, we're moving on to a hey. master's. I'm hey. just saying. <laughs> Pregnant twice. Yes. <laughs> and what and what and so the retreat really helped me with understanding what does it really mean to be more than a mom. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because fathers <laughs> fathers are always themselves. Yeah. Fathers never not not be themselves. You never They're always they're always Oliver. Oliver is always going to be Oliver, and having to having to gracefully, with love, mm-hmm. explain to my husband that that's what I that I had resentment towards him because he continued to be himself, and he didn't have to bring his son to his work, or to his classes, yeah. or to the bathroom with him, yeah. <laughs> or to <laughs> sleep with him. 
he just got to fall asleep mm-hmm. um was was very interesting what's wrong with you yeah. it was really interesting and so even I I think because I was very intentional with communicating with him he begged me to go to the retreat and I was just like I don't know I don't know if I could do it but he was just like no you're gonna go because uh, you've been asking for this you're gonna have to um, what was the what is a misconception that you feel like you you fight because like some of a lot of them I just, I've been ignoring them. Mm. The, what my family tells me, but what are misconceptions that you fight? And other than just ignoring them, because I feel like, other than just ignoring them, because I feel like eventually it's just gonna like pile up on me one day. How have you kindly told family members, church members, you know, unsolicited advice is not needed. I'm good. How do you? What is stuff that people tell you and how do you block it? Um, well, my husband can tell you I'm not a person who uh, minds confrontation. And I think that works in my favor. <laughs> um, I know one of, the, one of the pieces of unsolicited advice that I used to have to deal with all the time when my kids were younger was around breastfeeding. Um, I think, uh, I was about to say our generation, but just, I think people of color in general, um, after a certain age, that's enough for them, at least, for the people who have nothing to do with your family. They're telling you, that baby's not old enough, it don't need no water, you sure can't have some of this watermelon? This child is three months old. Um, and even if they were two and I was still going- Put some cereal. Put some cereal in his milk. Oh. He is two weeks old. That I, baby is hungry. He wants another bottle. Put some cereal in his milk. He can't have cereal in his milk. He's gonna choke. I'm gonna have to open. <laughs> right? And it's he's so skinny. Oh, I promise. That's one thing I'm not looking forward to again. Having another child about to come out. But I honestly, I I'm not looking forward to it. But I'm I'm ready in a sense because I feel like it's just something that unfortunately comes with the territory but it's it's like situations like that are especially annoying because for one like you were just saying I did not ask you for your advice or opinion um number two even if this child was two years old and we were still breastfeeding that that's my decision um this is my body oh and guess what that's that's my child that don't belong to you so why do you think you can tell me what to do oh are you That's gonna buy the cereal? Are you gonna buy the set, set cereal? No, you're that not. part, like, what are you contributing of value to make okay. your opinion valid? Nothing, nothing. Oh, but that's that's definitely one piece of unsolicited advice that I will probably never forget or let go of. Like, just let me let me do what I'm doing. There's enough that I have to think about than to be wanting to worry about your opinion too. Um, but I think misconception about motherhood who I think some of it honestly we put on ourselves of one in one thing in particular is just feeling like we have to do and be all the things um who <laughs> that's, superwoman does not exist she, was that, she ain't me <laughs> she ain't me if that's the case um and I know some people hear that and look at 
that phrase and hear it as you telling them that they're less than and it's like no you're human you you're a human being and you have needs while you're fulfilling everyone else's but at the same time one thing i love to say is them dishes gonna be there tomorrow like why they gotta be done today wash the bowl and the spoon that you need for that cereal and stop overwhelming yourself trying to do everything in a certain amount of time and i i say that we put it on ourselves because well, I was about to say no one is expecting us to be perfect, but even if they are, I guess it goes back to the first thing that I said of what what value, what are you contributing that makes your opinion valid? Nothing. And I guess that's where the affirmation of like collective ideology comes in of the strong black woman. Mm-hmm. There is no strong white woman trope. There is Ooh. no strong Asian woman trope. They just be no strong and hiring they just out. Get to be women. <laughs> Yes. They get to be women and they yes. get to be gentle and they get to yeah. be weak and they get to be meek and they get to have bad days. And, and that's it's the almost crazy like... thing of, of mom guilt too, if you really think about it, is is mom guilt isn't even isn't even really just categorized as just being a mom. Like there's so many things that we guilt ourselves on that people of other races and ethnicities that's just that's what they do that's just what they do like i've been with working i've been trying very hard to find a nanny and one thing that was difficult was man i can't be there for my kids all the time i'm really gonna choose this job over spending time with my children and what if they need such and such or what if this happens whatever whatever guilting myself when these are scenarios where that's just the norm for other people, you know? And it's, it's not to say that we lower the bar for our care for our kids, but also like we were just saying, superhuman, superwoman does not exist. And sometimes you have to find those things that work for you. And if that be somebody else watching my kids for two hours <laughs> while, I, while I send off these emails or take a nap, then that's what works for me and my family. Um, and I, I, I feel like that's something that we really, uh, that really gets overlooked is we're, we're trying to do all the things and then we're frustrated because we're doing all the things, but we don't have to, we, we really don't have to, but everybody will be okay. And if we just, I feel like if we just remind ourselves that everyone will be okay. <laughs> it's it's going to be all right if your kids eat cereal for dinner today because you were just too tired. It's going to be okay. Like it, nobody is going to to hate you or your kids when they when they turn 30 in their wedding and they're talking about, yeah, I remember the time my mom gave me cereal for dinner. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Everything is going to be okay. And our best is good enough. And I think that is one major misconception is that you have to do more than what your actual bandwidth is when that just doesn't make sense for you or your family or your body or your mental or physically. Like it just, you're going to be burnt out. You're going to be burnt out. And the misconception that you have to do everything is just that it's, it's, it's not, it's not true. Black motherhood in America is like really unique in the sense of they be wanting, they be wanting your yeah. child to be fat. And, yeah. and, and 
I think I I completely understand, especially in Washington, why being the village has to be a program that caters to, to Black women specifically. Because when you literally have a Black son, minus pale and green-eyed and blonde-haired, we don't know where it came from. But he's still a Black man in America. We come in all shades. Yes. Because, hey, we are an Astro, okay? Yes. <laughs> and so I just think about how I'm going to have to have a conversation with him when he's 16 in a car. Mm-hmm. I think about how I'm, and how am I going to do that? How am I going to have that conversation? A conversation that other people don't necessarily need to have with their children. Yeah. Um, I think about how am I going to have a conversation with my doctors mm-hmm. when they tell me some, um, how do I, how do I nicely put that is some, um, <laughs> how do I nicely say this? <laughs> how do I nicely say that is some, is something that's, and we already know we already know <laughs> what I'm saying um when they tell me something really stupid or when like oh well it it's understandable that you have preeclampsia because black people eat such and such food and you're like my macaroni and cheese is like <laughs> my macaroni and cheese was made with like whole wheat grain like noodles what are you talking <laughs> no what seriously talking about sir what are you talking about certain or ma'am and and so many different things and then having to go back and return um to your your black doula or return to your whoever whatever for them to say look i'm not your doctor but that's incorrect mm-hmm. look it up if you want to in, in so many different things yeah. um what is something that you want to or what is something that you want to carry um when it comes to expressing black motherhood what is something that you would want them to know and what is it some what is something that you would want to actually that you hope is within this program for them the, the i guess the primary takeaway mm, for moms who who join for our black moms for yeah. more black moms yeah i think uh one of the major things is something that we actually uh, start each group session with of letting them know this is a space of no apologies this is the one place where it's not oh I'm sorry my hair is whatever I'm sorry I'm late I couldn't sign on I'm sorry I have to step away for a minute my son got his foot stuck in the toilet I'm sorry I haven't eaten today so I'm gonna be on camera eating a sandwich it, this, is the, this is a space of no apologies take care of yourself um, and I, I think I was saying it in the beginning too, like it's it's the one place, I hope for them that it's the one place where they can just be. And I, I think when people hear me say that, it can, can be confusing, but what I mean is whatever that is that you bring to the table, you have a seat at the table. Um, it's not, you don't have to put on the face of being okay you don't have to, uh, you know, we do our rosebud thorns of sharing how your week is going. It doesn't have to be summarized of just the highlights. Um, you can be real here. Um, 
and say yeah. I literally hate pregnancy. And 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 be understood. I don't think I don't understood. Yes, that we know that that does not mean that you don't love your child. You can come in and say, "My husband, ooh ooh ooh," <laughs> and we know that we don't we don't think that means that you hate that man. We know you love him. We all have moments. We all have real life experience, and I think this group, the the one takeaway I want people. I want the black moms to be able to have when they join us is that they were able to come and be real. Um, in a predominantly white space, there there are far and few between opportunities to do that. Um, where we can talk how we talk. We can <laughs> we can say what we need to say and get out. Um, somebody can ask you how you're doing and you feel comfortable saying more than just, oh, I'm good. I, I, that's the, the takeaway that I want them to have when they come to our group is that they found community and community is more than just a group of people to me. Community is people who get to, who get it, um, people who understand. And yeah, I think that, that, that is the biggest takeaway. I thought I had more than one thing, but the biggest takeaway for me is that you come, whether you never, even if you never even come again, that you came and you felt welcomed and like you found that little, that carved a little space in Washington for, for us black moms to just come in and just be. And I feel like I really do get that because I think being the village is the first place even outside of my family um, because I have told family members how much I hate preg- how much I hate pregnancy mm-hmm. um, and they just don't they're like well it's a beautiful thing and it's yeah. a blessing and you get to be pregnant and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. yeah and I'm like yeah but I mean, yeah, the baby was on purpose, but not to throw up. Like, right, not all these side effects. <laughs> not all these side effects. Um, I feel like crap. Yeah. Um, and, and nevertheless, I, July. <laughs> and, or that I sometimes really don't like motherhood because my child gets to be a brat. And, and then also it be understood that, okay, I have to, being being a parent to a toddler means that you have to actually parent yourself because you're trying to figure out how do you manage your um, your emotions to then guide them, to help them one day be able to be adults that manage their emotions. And that's a whole topic in itself. <laughs> that's how do, a whole thing in itself. What, what do you tell um fathers or just men in general um mm-hmm. your what is the conversation that you'll have with your sons in regards to how to properly advocate for mothers either their spouse women that they see in the grocery store mm-hmm. how do you um how will you or what do you say to to those men that you want them to understand that hey um she is more than just this person that you see trying to figure it out she is also whoever she is like what are what are the conversations that you have if you do have those conversations what what do they look like um honestly 
That's a great question. <laughs> That's a great question. And I don't think I've even gotten to the space yet where I can share how with my sons because that's something I'm still learning with my husband um, or at least we're learning together um, we mm. just had a conversation not too long ago where it was that discussion of what you were just talking about of like that's how I was trained was to make this much chicken and the mac and cheese and then wash the dishes and then take the baby in give him a bath and then he sleeps with me and you come home from work and take a shower and you go to bed and I feel like the scales are not <laughs> the scales are not balanced um and I think that I, I'm not sure if that's exactly what you were thinking of in terms of advocacy but I do think as no mother, yeah advocating for yourself because yeah. you, you as a person that advocates for mothers to mothers yes and I think in teaching my husband or in learning with my husband what that looks like for me we're automatically teaching our sons without even having to intentionally have a conversation. They're seeing through action what advocacy with um, a partner looks like um, because it's not all on the mom. And, and sometimes in motherhood, oftentimes in motherhood, we become the default parent and where we have 97% of responsibility. And one of the things I was telling my husband is if you really think about it, the bar for men, um, at least in America, is very low. Um, you, a dad will take his kid to the grocery store and moms will swoon, or not even moms, but you know, uh, other adults will be like, oh, look at you, I'm with your child, and it's, it's your daddy, and blah, 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 blah. Let me take- Who's watching Who's watching the baby while you while the mom goes out? Oh, the father's baby. Girl, don't let me- Baby, babysitting okay his child that he contributed to no it's not babysitting that child is with his daddy like <laughs> it's it really it's really mind-blowing the responsibility that is pushed on mothers that is not equally <laughs> spread to the father um and so when i say that my husband and i that's something that we're learning together is because i'm learning what i need um I'm learning what I expect. I'm learning what, what, um, I'm learning what I expect of him. And I'm also learning how to communicate that. And he's learning how to meet that expectation because as fathers, as men, it used to be enough to be the breadwinner. Not today, <laughs> not today. I need more than that. I, I have, this list of things um and it's ever evolving of course as your kids get older um but i don't i don't see marriage or our partnership as you doing one thing and while you're doing that one thing i'm doing a thousand things i feel like there's there is room for you to have some thanks too <laughs> and so in us learning that together like i said i feel like we're we're silently um, automatically teaching our sons and our and our daughter as well what that looks like without even having to have that intentional conversation and I hope maybe if we have another another podcast a year from now we'll see how these <laughs> how these answers change and hopefully by then uh, I will be in a space to have intentional conversation with them on what that looks like because I've experienced it right now I'm I'm in the beginnings <laughs> no I like that I think the affirmation of the day 
is I am unfolding. I am forever unfolding and evolving. Yeah. Oh, sure. Because yeah. for sure, as they grow, we do too. And yeah, we we do learn. Well, can you tell us where we can find Being the Village, your organization, as far as websites and, and Instagrams and how could somebody that may want to support you can support you? Or how how somebody who may need support and need to get go to that retreat <laughs> may be able to get to that retreat? Yes, come on to the retreat. So we, we have a website, um, it's beingthevillage.com. Uh, and we're also on Instagram under the same name. And I like to tell our moms as well that we have a, a private Facebook group um, for conversations like this, honestly, <laughs> where you can come and ask questions, you can post them baby clothes you've been trying to get rid of. You can see all of the um, local events that are happening in Washington or things that we're organizing ourselves um, in the Facebook group. And yeah, for for a mom who may be interested, I think, uh, I feel like our website gives a summary of everything. The Instagram shows what we do when we're out. And the Facebook group is kind of a deeper insight into what the group is. But there's also a link on our website if anybody ever has questions and wants to just ask me directly. <laughs> there's a link on the website to set up a one-on-one Zoom with me. So any of those questions or overwhelming, you know, things that may be going on and you feel like it's too much to just jump into a group of 12 strangers uh, already, you can you can schedule a conversation with just me um, and you can ask all those questions and I can kind of help, uh, help, I guess, guide and, and give more insight on who we are and what we do before you take the full leap. <laughs> well, thank you so much of spending an hour of your time of being a mother with me, being more than a mom with me, right? a companion and a friend and a homegirl and a homie. Yes, look, you said they won't be able to see this on the podcast, but our kids have been all up in these screens. <laughs> oh, they'll hear them. Look, I know, asking questions and <laughs> talking about Baba's and me telling him that his Baba is in the room. Go get your Baba. <laughs> Go get your Baba. 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 Anyways, um, thank you again for. It wasn't loud. Joining me, I'm gonna have to dis- definitely go discipline my child, and I know that you have to go love up on yours. Yes, <laughs> we both we both have to love on these children. <laughs> my love just looks a little bit different with this right hand. <laughs> a wrap if you like this episode and want to hear more like it then don't forget to follow the show poetry post and politics at the political poet everywhere you are social that's t-h-a-p-o-l-i-t-i-c-a-l-p-o-e-t everywhere you are social the show is also aired on KTQALP 95.3 FM Tacoma, so you can always catch me over there on their airwaves 
or you can listen to me wherever you stream your favorite podcast. Until next time, catch you later.